Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Today on the podcast, I'm going to speak with Michael Matavanov. He's 25 years old from Australia, but he's been living in the UAE for 19 years. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in January of 2005. He manages that with an insulin pump and also another CGM. Um, And he shares his story of diagnosis and some other things about diabetes with us. He is a personal trainer. And but before this, on his journey, he's also worked in FNB. He's worked as a waiter, a bartender, a barista, and in other places in Dubai. And all of that experience has given him a lot of wisdom and insight into his work now as a personal trainer. Um, he also enjoys football, meditation, reading, and he is a very big volunteer working with children of determination. His goal in life is to help as many people as possible to realize their full potential and achieve their goals and help them be happy. And this is one of the things that makes him such a great personal trainer. We're so happy to have him on the show today. We talk about a lot of things, health, nutrition, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Let's get to the show. Okay. Hello, Michael, and thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pam. Excited to be here. Thank you. So I know a little bit about your story, but why don't we start by you sharing, you know, you can start with your diabetes diagnosis, if you like, or even before that up to you. But I know everyone is always inspired and interested um, and it helps people to understand that, you know, they're not, they're not alone when they, when they have a diabetes diagnosis as well. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Sure. So I've been a type one diabetic now for 17 years. So I was diagnosed in January, 2005. Um, Here in the, in the UAE in Dubai, we've lived here since 2003. When I actually got type one diabetes, I was in Egypt on a family holiday with my parents and my sister. I was seven or eight at the time. And My parents didn't know a lot about diabetes, like at all. I was on holiday and as a seven-year-old, I was just really, really thirsty all the time. And I kept craving, you know, juices, fizzy drinks, food. I just kept eating, eating, eating. And my parents didn't think anything of it because, you know, you're a small, small boy. You're growing, you eat a lot, you drink a lot. They just thought it was normal. And we were there for about a week. And almost every night I was wetting the bed and I was going to the toilet a lot. And my parents were like, this is unusual, you know. But again, didn't think anything of it. Came back to Dubai, went to the American hospital just to get it checked. And they tested my blood sugar and it was about 41, 42 millimoles, which is extremely high. You know, wow. you should be between four and seven. You know, so that was just crazy high. So they put me on a drip to get all this sugar out. And my mom and my dad are panicking. They have no idea, you know, what this is, how I'm supposed to live with it, what they're supposed to do, everything. So yeah, that's how I got it. And then a year later, my sister got it as well. She just decided to test herself. Just she used my finger pricker, just decided to test herself, see what what her blood sugar was. And it was not as high as mine. I think she was 33 or 34. And 
you know, sometimes it can be like a false reading. Sometimes it can be like, maybe it's not that high. So they did it again and she was around that same area. So she was diagnosed as well a year later after. And we had in, in our, in our family, we had no one that's type one diabetic. I mean, my grandmother's type two, but apart from that, that's it. So yeah. Wow. So now 17 bless, years. I know. Bless your mother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're she, in the same she, parent group, but she's a rock star, but too. She did all the research. She read all the books. She reached out to people, try to find groups. And, you know, back then it wasn't how it is now with all the groups and how parents are lucky with all the support, but she did amazing. Yeah, no, your, your mom is amazing. And for those of you, the, so the translation, you were at... What was it? 41 millimoles? Around said? 41, 42. So what's that, that time? That trans- mm-hmm. translates to like um, over 700, I think. Yeah, something crazy like that. Wow. And That's you were so you were still, you weren't unconscious at that point. It's around 750. 750. That's super high. Yeah. That's super and high. I wasn't unconscious. I was just, you know. For people that, that don't know, and I'm sure with your son, he's told you how he feels when his blood sugar is high and everyone's kind of different in, in their own way, but kind of around the same area. And when you're that high, you're just so dehydrated, so dizzy, so lightheaded, so just, I don't know, empty and just, yeah. Yeah, it's it must be hard. I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh, my son's a teenager now. And then last week he had some high blood sugars over a long period mm. of time because not for hormones, but not getting insulin because the site was kinked, which oh. hasn't happened in ages. And I didn't suspect it. And he did not feel well. And he, you know, couldn't go to school for a day and he was fine after, of course, you know, it comes mm. down and you know how to manage it, but it's and definitely guess, was, he, was he sleeping while this was yeah that was at night yeah and I was so really annoyed with myself because I'm like I should have checked that and just replaced everything out when it happened and yeah. then the sensor was reading in range when it wasn't in range so that didn't that was an off thing and for those of you out listening that are afraid of the technology that is like the very rare thing that happens that does not happen all the time the technology is good, um, but it's diabetes. There's always, you know, from time to time, these things happen. do happen. And when mm. they do, you, you don't feel well. I can only speak from observing his experience, but yeah, he, he did not feel great. So being 750, that must've been tricky. Oh, I was just on a drip for days. And how did you find it then after, you know, you left the hospital and then you came home and had to go back to school and, and managing it and, and dealing with it honestly I was so young I don't really remember a lot just remember the injections in the morning and in the evening and making sure at certain times I had my milk and my biscuit and everything I remember every morning 9am I'd have to have like a milk and a biscuit and I'd have to leave the class and the nurse would come either I would leave the class or the nurse would come in and bring me a milk and biscuits and all the other kids are like turning their heads like not focusing on what the I know. Is. And why is he getting <laughs> snacks and we're not? Yeah, that why was the thing we, with my son too. Like yeah. definite when when they're smaller, and especially if you're doing injections and don't have an insulin pump where you can kind of control basils and different things. Exactly. Well, the small kids were like, 
uh, or when you have a low blood sugar and then you get like a juice box or something yeah. that looks well, cool. I used, I used to have um, those small packets of gummy bears or like those cold oh. bottles and just put it in my pocket. Oh. And if I'm low, like I'll just open them up in class and all the kids are like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And sometimes you'll get teachers that don't know you're diabetic yeah. and they, they look at you like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm diabetic. And they're like, oh, okay. And kind of apologize a little bit. And then they just Yeah, but it, it's it's shocking because they don't expect it. Yeah. Or, or funny story, my son, so, you know, kind of in the COVID world, things are finally opening up. And they did yeah. some school trips and they, you know, went to Russell Kama and did some kayak, sea kayaking and some other cool stuff. So on the bus, he came home and I was looking in the backpack and I'm like, wow, did you have like a lot of lows? Because... We have these, the American Smarties, not the British ones. The British Smarties okay. are kind of like M&Ms, but the American ones are these very small kind of sweet tarts. And he's right. like, he's like, no, mom, I gave them to all my friends on the bus. Everybody loves those because you can't <laughs> buy them here. And then when I ordered, I accidentally, I did order too many. I ended up with a case of three pound bags. So like nine bags oh, by three pounds. So we had <laughs> Smarties for, you know, days and it made it easier to travel. But he's probably spending at school. He could, he could have, but he, he gave them all out to his friends on the bus. He's like, Oh, you know, they love the smarties. There was nothing left, but like rappers. So yeah, no matter the age, this is like teenagers. It's the same. (laughs) Oh, even, even now with me, like when I was at the gym, I'd I'd carry Harry bows and people would ask them, uh, ask me, can I have some? Like, okay, sure. And the the little ones, you know, just Harry is a go-to for a lot of people. I think they they must work well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone loves them. Even one of the guys on Team Nova told me that was his go-to for Lowe's. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. The, the, yeah, the athlete. You get a handful of gummy bears and that's it. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's it. That's true. So then you won't overeat it and eat exactly. like a three-pound bag of Smarties yeah. versus. <laughs> well, uh, sometimes, you know, you, when, when your blood sugar is low, you're so, you get so frustrated because you want the when it's come up quickly. So sometimes one's not enough and you just, and you have like two or three and then it shoots up too quickly and you have to bring it back down. Yeah. It must be hard to sit in that space though, while you're feeling so awful, so hungry because your body knows it needs something and you just want it solved. So to sit in that, I don't even want to call it like a test of patience. It's, it's just not a good feeling that you must need to get rid of. It's hard to be around people when your blood sugar is low even when you're high you're just extra irritated Mm. you know like small things become big things and little things that wouldn't annoy a normal person would annoy me and it's kind of like the worst thing is that when you're low and someone just keeps talking to you and just keeps asking questions and questions and and you're like please stop talking. <laughs> you know, you know, at any second, something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard when, when you're, when you're working, I mean, when you're, when you're a diabetic and you're, and you're working, you're an adult and you have to be around people and just deal with it. You know, sometimes like for me, when I was a personal trainer or when I was a waiter or a bartender, you're sometimes stuck in situations where you can't afford to leave mm. for 10 minutes and let your blood sugar come up or come down. You have to stay in that environment and work. And it's just, 
that's just how it is. That's, you know, when you're busy at work, imagine, you know, you, you go to your manager and say, oh, I got to take 10 minutes and they're busy and there's so many people. They'll be like, you can't. So, so many times you have to just work through the low or the mm. high. That's not good. I mean, I have this vision of you having a challenge of a low blood sugar and let's say you're carrying out a tray of food to a table. Yeah, you just have to control. I mean, it's not good, but with time, you kind of learn how to deal with it. You know, like, I guess you're, you're low and what you're... You, you kind of know what you're capable of doing. You know, if, if I'm low, I'm not going to go for a run. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, but yeah, well, it, it's tough. For those of you managing people that have diabetes, please give them 10 minute breaks when their blood sugar is low. <laughs> That's the solution. It's not, it's not that you please. have to dig deeper. <laughs> 10 it's minutes. that you say, I need 10 minutes. Sometimes let's say 15. Some, some people take 15 minutes, but yeah, 10 minutes is, is a start. Like that's, that's super critical because if not, and they say no, and then something happens, you pass out, then that's the liability is on them that, that didn't, you know, let you have the 10 minutes. It's a health issue. So please, if you own companies or you manage people, People with diabetes, sometimes they just need 10 minutes or, or another, the opposite, if they have high blood sugar, they need to step away and they need to go take some insulin and, and then they'll be right back. Yeah, no, definitely. So you had diabetes and how did you find, so now you're working as a personal trainer. So how did that find you or how did you find that? Is there any correlation between having diabetes and being inspired to do that? Or did it come to you in another way? Um, a lot of my career choices came from my mom kind of just giving me endless suggestions, you know, because for me, I left school and I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I kind of, you know, one month I, I'd be really interested in this and it would change. And then I was thinking to myself, I'm changing my mind too much. I don't want to go to university, commit for three years, four years, and then be like, you know what? I don't want to do this. So I kind of did like, you know, mini courses here and there. I mean, for the first two years, I was working as a waiter and then I worked as a bartender. Then I worked at a coffee shop again as a barista. And then after that, I was kind of doing small little events here like hospitality events, like catering events here and there, working as a waiter as well. And then COVID hit and everyone was in lockdown and, you know, couldn't leave the house, couldn't do anything. So I was like, okay, what can I do? And education and courses were really cheap at that time. There was a huge sales on on courses. So my mom said, you know, why don't you do a personal training course? And I was like, yeah, okay. That's something that's always interested me. Let me let me try that. And it took a few months and I was qualified and it took a long time because it was a it was a UK company and you had to send your exams back mm-hmm. and forth because they had to send it through some sort of scanner that would um mark all your tests and everything. And yeah, but going back to how my mom influenced me. And how fitness played a big part is 
ever since I was, I mean, I've always been sporty. I've always been into sports, playing, playing football, tennis, rugby, basketball, water skiing, everything. I've always been into those sort of sports. And once I was around the age where I would say people should start going to the gym, which has changed a lot. I mean, I don't want to go into it too deep, but you'll see some kids that are just too young that are going to the oh, gym. Oh, we, we can go into it deeply because I have some strong feelings about that as well. Way, way, way too, too early. Yeah. Okay. So think and, about this. Sorry to interrupt you. My son is 14. When I was looking at nurseries for him, where to put him, one I looked at, they're showing me around. I'm like, okay, looks okay. Looks good enough. And then they're like, and this is our gym for the kids. A nursery. A nursery. I'm not even kidding. I walked out. I said, okay, scratch that one off the list for that wow. very reason. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, but it's a point. Oh, that's crazy. That that's is a, that that is wrong. I know. That is a point that I want I want to raise because small children don't need to be in a gym lifting weights. Yeah. But maybe oh, we have a we, maybe we have another podcast episode discussion about that very Yes, because I can go into that. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen day in and day out at, at this gym that I was working at. And you would get 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 12-year-olds <laughs> lifting weights that you shouldn't even be doing at that. Just And there's no um, parental guidance. There's no adult with them. Yeah. And, you know, they're having like these um, pre-workout um drinks energy drinks you know the cans that yes, you have I drinks. do I'm like, I do why would you you know that's just as bad as having like a like a red bull or a monster or whatever yeah. all right I think yeah I, we, I we got, yeah it's it is shocking and it's shocking that that gym actually allowed those kids in there in the first place unsupervised see, because that shouldn't see, be happening I'm, I asked them about it because I didn't want to go into it. I didn't want to, you know, it's, it's none of my business. And if, you know, that's the, for me, that's, I never like to intervene or inter, um, intervene when it's not my place. Mm. You know, I might have an opinion, but I'm not going to go there and say, so I, I asked the gym and I was like, you know, there's a lot of young kids at the gym. Like, what is the rule here for, for kids? And one of the guys said, oh, if they're 15, I think he said if they're 15 or 16, they're allowed. Like, that's the age that they're allowed to come by themselves. But if they're below that, they need a, gar- a, a guardian there with them, someone that will be with them in case something happens. That's one thing. The second thing that annoys me about these kids is I feel like they don't even do it for their health. They do it because they think it's cool. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of kids wearing, um, you know, those heavy weightlifter belts. Oh, yeah. To support your, your lower back. When you yeah. Like and things. There's 13 year old kids wearing those belts and having this pre-workout energy drink. And you look down and they're not even wearing trainers. They're wearing slippers, like sports slippers. And I'm like, if a weight falls and hits your foot, you'll have a broken foot or a broken toe. Wow. And maybe unrepairable. And it's just. That's uh, awful. Oh, okay. Parents, if you're listening, no kids uh, like in the gym <laughs> and, and 
you need help with that, we're going to have in the show notes, Michael's contact, reach out to him, but no kids in the gym. So sorry, we I, I digressed a bit, but that, that's an important no, point okay. to, to address. But you were talking about when, so when you started going to the gym, when you started mm-hmm. getting interested in health and fitness. Yeah, so I was always kind of into health and fitness. So when I, I was about 17, when I first started going to the gym and, and lifting weights and everything, and I didn't know what I was doing, you know, as as most people, you know, you have to, you just have to go and you just have to experiment and I would watch YouTube videos and didn't know if it was right or wrong, but I would try it. And then I would ask people and trainers and slowly, like I would say for the first three years, I didn't really know what I was doing like to myself. I just sort of saw things and said, I'm going to try that. And then I kind of on off on off, but I would always go to the gym, like at least twice a week. Um, and then during COVID, like I said, education went down with rim price. And my mom suggested me, you know, think you could be a good trainer. You seem like you know what you're doing. You do it a lot. You look like you really enjoy it. Why don't you do the course and see what happens? So I did it and I really enjoyed it. And I'm really glad that I learned properly, like that I did the course. I did the, like, so now those three years prior or four years or five years prior, I didn't know what I was doing to myself and I didn't know what what the actual exercises were doing for me. Now I know that and I feel more passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's amazing. Really yeah, you, you don't, there. there's like this expression, like you don't know what you don't know, but then once mm-hmm. you do know, then it just, opens up so many things and so many more oh, things make sense. And I like that you did go through the training because you probably did know a lot. We're in the, or we're even, I think, past the information age. You can find and learn how to do anything on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. what, especially dangerous. it is dangerous in the health and wellness sector. There's a lot of people out there calling themselves coaches that have had no certification and there's a lot of people out there saying that they're trainers who have also had no certification and mm-hmm. it's not often checked or followed up on. Um, and it's, it's confusing for, for a lot of people. So, especially when it comes to your health, because you can, you know, like you were just talking about, you can really damage yourself, um, your, yeah. bo- your body, and sometimes in a not repairable way. Um, if you have a condition, you can do more harm to it then good if you don't you know work with someone or get good advice and know you know what it is that you're what you're doing also sometimes not all the time i started going to the gym in my 20s like on and off and then did a bunch of different fitness things and it was my father that showed me how to lift weights this was like 1980 something uh, mm-hmm. aging myself but he was uh, he to the point even he used to kind of compete in weightlifting and you know stuff like that. But he was always into health and fitness, really good form, and he was a risk manager as well. So really knew what he was doing and and, nice. and not going to show me something wrong. So yeah. even even still, you know, certain form that you need to have when you're lifting weights and stuff. I was really fortunate that I had someone to show me how to do it right from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but you you gotta be so careful because an injury can really set you back for a really long time so 
congratulations and well done for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah. and good on your mom that she saw that in you as well. Oh yeah, she's all yeah. Uh, she used to push me so to, and always like almost every day she'd always come up with it with an idea and, and it would annoy me and and in the end I'm grateful. I'm really grateful that she kept pushing me, pushing me because otherwise I wouldn't have. Honestly, I wouldn't have done it. If she didn't say, go do this personal training course, I probably wouldn't have done it. Mm. So, yeah. It's amazing. Sometimes parents have wisdom and insight that we, we can see yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's and the just... children, they don't, they don't know until later on. Yeah. Sometimes. Not all the time. But maybe I'll play this part of the episode over and over for my son so he can hear yes. it. <laughs> and, and he he does listen to what I say and he I think he appreciates the input, but you know, he, he's a teenager, so it's not maybe uh, always maybe it's not always appreciated. <laughs> oh yeah. I definitely I wasn't the best child when I was a teenager. Oh definitely. I'm sure but, you weren't that bad. Yeah, it was yeah. okay. <laughs> Okay, we'll save that for another podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, another idea. That's so funny. And now a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Diapoint Coaching and Training. We offer different coaching packages to meet your different needs, whether it's a quick start health coaching package or maybe a three-month coaching transformation that you're in need of, we can support you. We also offer some personalized health evaluations, diabetes doula consultations, and more. Please visit the diapointshop.com and visit our coaching and wellness page to learn more. If you're still not sure, sign up for a free discovery call and we can talk more about what you're looking for, what your needs are, and about how coaching might support you. And it's free. Now back to the show. So when people come to you for training, so is there a particular kind of style of training that you prefer to focus on or what is your philosophy around sports and exercise and how you train people? How I train people, I want them to enjoy it. You know, I, I don't want people to, to look at it as like a chore or to be like, oh, I don't want to exercise. Like, And for me, I always try and find new and fun exercises because i mean especially if you're at a gym anyone can go to a gym to a, a machine and it even tells you what to do on the machine mm-hmm. it gives you like three or four steps sit here hands here back straight do this anyone can can go to a gym and use a machine i try and make it fun by using body weight using minimal weights get their whole body moving and Give them something that happened that they haven't seen before or done before. That's it. I just want them to enjoy themselves. And I, I want to help them reach their goal. Like for me, I just want people to be happy. And that's not even, that's in fitness and in life as well. Like I love helping people. I volunteer at a school three times a week, sometimes four times a week for disabled kids, for determined kids. And I love it. I mean, I don't do a lot for them, but it brings them so much joy and they enjoy their time with me and they love when I come. I mean, I do very basic things there. I just do basic English, basic maths, some physical exercise and some meditation and that's it. And they love it. So for me, it's not just about in fitness, it's about in life as well. I want people to be happy because I want to be happy. That's amazing. 
And, and that that's the key. And it doesn't, like you, you just pointed out, it doesn't always have to be such a grand, humongous, big accomplishment thing. The joy, mm-hmm. finding joy in small things and things that make you happy is really, it's I don't, so it's, it's, it is, it is. It's so much better. It's one of the untapped into secrets of life that maybe we do, we figure it out eventually, but we don't always find it so early sometimes or, or soon enough, or we find it much later and we're always chasing after something when we don't necessarily have to chase after the big things. It's um, funny when, sorry to interrupt. No, it's, it's funny. It's, it's almost like when you want it, you don't get it. It kind of comes to you at, at the right time, but you don't know when that right time is. You think, you know, but you don't know. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of, if you believe in divine intervention and the universe, there's kind of a plan and then it'll come to you when, when it's supposed to. Exactly. When you start looking for it, you'll find it. Yeah, that's true. Somebody once gave me something when I was young and it said, life is like a butterfly. It'll land on you when you least expect it. Or happiness is like a butterfly or something like that, which I was like, that is so true. I kept that for, I think I still have that. That was one of the few things that I kept for my childhood because nothing, it really resonates and it's so true. So true. So when, when you're training people as well, I'm sure that they probably also ask you nutrition advice as well. Yeah. See, when it comes to nutrition, I'm not an expert. I didn't, you, you touch on it a little bit when you do your personal training course, but I'm not a specialist. I'm not, and I don't tell people I am. Mm-hmm. For me, I, if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you I don't know something. I'm not going to lie to you and say, take this, take that, take this. Sometimes some people, they've asked me nutrition questions, and I said, I don't know. That's amazing. And, and then later on, you'll do research and you'll find it. And then you, you'll you see them for the next session. You'll say, oh, by the way, that question you asked me, mm-hmm. I didn't know it then, but I did some research and this is what they say about it. Yep. Because no, again, I'm not, in this, I'm not in the right place to tell you if I haven't learned it correctly. Mm-hmm. That is such an important point. And I think if you, anybody listening, if you have any takeaway from this whole conversation we're having, that probably is going to be one of them that you want to find people that know, that have studied, that know the science behind it, that are experts in the area where you have questions. So mm-hmm. a lot of us working in the health and wellness space, we know some things, but we don't know everything. And we're not going to advise you. If, if we, if we don't know, if there's someone out there that's, you know, giving an advice and if they haven't been certified or they don't have deep knowledge and studied that subject, then mm-hmm. you might just want to double check and follow up on it. Because again, giving you the wrong advice could be not good for you. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. I can only share like when it comes to, to health and nutrition and, you know, in lifestyle medicine, they, they teach us a lot and, and I know a lot. But if someone came to me, you know, and it's one thing if someone comes to me and they ask me about keto um, and I know what the research says about keto and I know what I've read and that's what I tell them. But I mean, number one, if they really insist to eat that way, I can't change their mind. That's up to them. And then I'll still also say, go ask your doctor. Yeah. 
that's it. Yeah, that's that's the 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 best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, so for your own training and mm-hmm. and sports and health and fitness, so what is bringing you joy? What's bringing me joy in health and fitness for me? That's a good question. Um, or how do you like I to wanna, train? How do I like to train? I like to train well. For me, I'm at the moment bodybuilding. So I'm not, see, I don't want to use bodybuilding because as soon as you, as you say bodybuilding, people think, oh, you want to be huge and you want to go compete in those massive competitions where yeah. guys are huge and like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, circa 70-something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you want to do that, fine, that's great. But I'm I'm not doing that. I'm, I do want to get big, but not that big. For me, I've always struggled to gain weight, which is probably a woman's dream. <laughs> yes, it is. I think only my grandmother was blessed with that metabolism. Like she could eat everything. Oh, and me, I'm like looking at it. No, crazy. It's <laughs> insane. Like the way it works. It's just, I'm 25 now. And ever since I was like 18, I've been the same weight. I've probably gained 2kg since then. Wow. I'm now, I'm now 71, 72, whatever. And I just struggle so, so hard to put on weight. I'll eat and I'll eat. And I've tried taking protein shakes, which I'm not a fan of. I don't like the way they taste. And I've tried other sort of um, supplements that help you to gain weight. And it's just, I struggle a lot. So for me, it's always, you know, lift heavy and eat a lot of food. Mm. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, but sometimes it's hard you don't have the stomach for it sometimes like you're really determined and you're like okay eat this and then you know you can't even finish it and it's just it's really really tough you know that's why that's one side which people don't really see in in health and fitness especially if you're in bodybuilding and you want to get big it's lifting weights isn't the hard part it's eating the food it's trying to get the right nutrients in every single day that's and to stay consistent as well that's the hardest part that's the part that people don't even think about that Um, that is the hardest part whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight or whatever it is the mm -hmm. eating thing there's a i think it's a world war ii poster like victory is Mm -hmm. in the kitchen kind of thing (laughs) that a thousand percent true i have one in my kitchen actually i forget i forget it's there but it's right over my fruit bowl so to remind me that that makes if you're eating clean and well balanced and I prefer plant-based and yeah I'm all about the plants I love it I never even before I became certified in this I never liked red meat at all and I grew up in Texas like wow didn't like the texture when I was younger we we moved to Texas when I was quite young and I don't know if it's just because you know, there wasn't quite the barbecue culture when I was really small, but I never liked the texture of meat. So I don't eat it. I prefer not to. My Turkish husband, on the other hand, loves kebabs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if he's going to eat that, he'll eat it out. And it's probably better for him in the long run anyway, because we're not cooking meat at home. And then my son hated meat when he first started getting introduced to solid foods. And I thought, oh yes, plant-based kid, let's do this. (laughs) And then about a year later, he's like, mommy, I need a steak. And I was like, 
what what <laughs> why yeah inside I did cry a little bit I was like oh no but I'm not one of those like you have to eat like this I want him to find his own way and his own okay. relationship with food and we do for him you know meat that's a dinner also loaded with carbs and stuff and then there's the insulin resistance and everything that comes with that because for those of you listening, the way your body breaks down fat, carbs, and protein, um, and then the timing of your insulin, when that hits, it may not be when the carbs are hitting your system and it just gets really messy. So the only thing I can do, or the best thing I can do as his parent is educate him about that and then have him focus on how he feels if he's maybe indulged a little too much in, you know, a two sliders and fries and all that stuff, but he's learned his way around it. Like he went out with his friends last week and they ate whatever they ate. He came home with great blood sugar. So, so that's all I can do. And as a coach, I approach it the same way. I thought I'm not going to sit here and dictate to somebody like you have to be plant-based or you have to be this, or you have to be that, because if you don't want to be, I can't force you to do it. I can tell you what the science says. I can tell you, you know, what, what might be best, but at the end of the day, you're going to decide what you're going to, you're going to put in your mouth, but I'm all about plant-based. And I even do, you know, the, the running joke at home, they're like, Oh, is mom going to eat this? Like, what is this? Like spaghetti with meat sauce. (laughs) Let's wait and see if mom eats it. And if mom eats it, Oh, it's vegan. (laughs) Then they know know. there's, there's a lot of vegan choices. And, but also I want to say about the, the vegan meats and stuff like that, those are still processed. So now those are starting to be studied and it's alluding to that, you know, whether it's like all red meat or if you ate processed meat, the, I mean, processed vegan meat is not necessarily good for you because they have a lot of additives food colorings, flavors, and all these different things that Mm -hmm. they're trying to do to make it replicate meat. So the best is to look for, of course, whole based plants, eating just plants, you know, not just salads, but fruits and vegetables. Or Mm -hmm. if you're looking at your, your vegan processed meat, then the less ingredients, the better. Or if there's ingredients on the label that you don't know what they are, that's not necessarily a good thing either. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's, um, it's the way to go and you should eat those meat substitutes every day. Cause they may not be so great either, but everything in moderation. And if I want a plant-based meat taco, I'm going to have a plant-based meat taco. <laughs> no, I like, I don't, I don't mind vegan food, honestly. See, for us, we just broke our fast. So we were fasting for about 40 days for Easter. Oh, and okay. during that time, we become not vegan, but vegetarians. Okay. And we tried a lot of, you know, like vegan food as well, like um, burgers and sausages and, and all these sort of things that aren't meat and they're vegan. And if my mom didn't tell me, I would never have. You wouldn't know. Thought, you yep. know, some of the stuff tastes very close to real meat, and it's amazing. It is amazing. There's one burger that, and I was never a big burger person, but it bleeds like a burger, and because no. it's got beetroot juice in it, I'll, I'll go back and find which one that is. I think they have it here now, 
and I tried it, I tried it once and it was delicious. Like it, it had that. Yeah. And especially if you have a grill and you can go out and throw it on the grill with everything else, but even the, the ones that are vegetable, there's one brand, I think it even could be an Australian brand. I forget the name of it, but they had some made with like edamame and other things. I get it at Kib. Yeah, I've ordered it from Kibsons. And even if I put those on the grill, they make me happy. Yeah, no, it is good. Yeah, it's right. good. It's good. Cool. So we'll have a, a comparison. A comparison. What we'll, we'll have to do like the, oh, this would be this. amazing. We can do like a blind taste test or, I mean, we won't yeah. be blind. We'll just put it all out. We'll get all these vegan burgers and mm-hmm. then we'll, we'll taste them all and see like what's good. And yeah. then maybe you slip in like a burger. And see if you can tell the difference or not. Just more, the vegan ones. I think that's an excellent idea. Okay. Noted. Uh-huh. Meat, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> I know. Now it's starting <laughs> to get a little time. too hot. Maybe when the weather cools down a bit, that can be like the, the vegan burger that. challenge. Anyone mm-hmm. out there listening, when we post this in social media, like feel free to comment. Let us know what your favorite vegan burger brand yeah. is and, and we'll go try it. Michael and I yeah. are gonna start a movement. We'll do it. Cool. So in in addition to, um, you know, lifting weights and bodybuilding and things like this, do you do any other sports or anything in your free time? No, I don't. Um, I used to play football a lot, but I stopped playing four years ago now. I just don't have the stamina anymore, actually. I've sort of, um, because I do more lifting than cardio, so my stamina is not what it used to be well also if you want to get bigger really running around a football exactly. field is not going not to put on weight because yeah that, I just lose all that weight you don't stop I try and do less cardio as much as possible i oh, sound like but- i'm 25 and i sound like i'm 60 like i'm not what i used to be i'm slow yeah look at you come on no <laughs> and cardio is good for you to some extent everybody needs a little bit of cardio yeah. Yeah. So. If you want to get nice and lean, it's like, it's good to mix both of them. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. But yeah, no sports, just, just gym. What is the number one, I would say, I don't know if it's kind of a two-part question, like misconception that people have about exercising and working out when, when they come to you, is there one particular thing or, or a few? people don't realize how long it's actually going to take. Oh. Like a lot of people are shocked when you tell them how long it's going to take for them to reach their goal. Mm. You know, like I've, I've literally had clients come up to me and they'll buy like six sessions or eight sessions and they'll expect to, to, to reach their goal in that short time. But what people need to understand is that it takes only about six sessions for you as an individual to start seeing any kind of results physically. Mm-hmm. That's just the beginning. So, yeah, I would say a lot of people think it's just going to happen like that. It's not. And the truth that people need to know is that it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. You're going to not enjoy it at the beginning, but, you know, if you really, really want it, you're going to stick with it. And that's what separates, I guess, the strong minded from maybe I don't really want this sort of person, you know? That's true. I like, 
I like that you point out that it's hard because achieving yeah, no any challenge isn't easy. Especially to people that have never been to the gym before. Mm. They have no idea what about Wait, to what's, start. what's about to happen until they wake up the day after they work out with you exactly. and they're sore and they're like, oh my gosh. And like, what is this pain? Yeah. Even I see yeah. that in my son with like certain new, there was something they did that was different. A new sport that they introduced in PE. I forgot which one it was. Nothing extraordinary, but he was like, I am hurting here. What is wrong? And I said, well, this is a sport that you've never, ever played before. Yeah. And your first time doing it and you're feeling muscles that maybe you didn't really use that much before. That could be, you know, one reason. And nowadays, of course, kids sitting in chairs on computers at school or whether they're doing online school and playing too much video games is not helping them build strong core and all the muscles and, and things that they need. It's, it's really, what would you suggest for parents that are really struggling with this? Struggling with kids that are not willing to. Yeah. Exercise. Or how do you motivate your kid to, to get outside? I even see it um, when my son goes to some group sport activities and you can tell who the kids the kids that are there that are having fun or the kids that are there because their parents are really like, you need to go out there and do this, but they're not really that into it because they're, they're feeling out of shape already anyway, because they're not running around like, like kids were. It's hard nowadays. It's really, really hard because every kid has a phone Mm. nowadays. Every kid has a phone. Every kid has an iPad. Every kid has, you know, some kind of technology in their hands 24 seven. And it's so hard I mean, I was brought up outside. I was brought up, you know, if you have nothing to do, go outside and find something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays it's honestly, they need some kind of role model. They need someone almost like a celebrity or someone like a sports person because they look up to those people. They don't, they don't look up to, you know, friends or family or parents or anything they look up to whoever they're watching on their phone and that's, that's the true. problem if if they're seeing an influencer or a sports person or an actor or whatever not exercising and lazing about and on their phone guess what they're going to do that too because mm. they love this person they think this person is the biggest thing you know so i guess it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. Cause I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not a parent. So I don't, I don't have, have children and I don't know what that's like, but kids these days, honestly, are, have, even in the, like the past few years have gotten so difficult. Yeah. It, it seems to be, yeah, things are changing and moving so fast. And don't worry, those of us that have kids don't have real answers anyway, but I like your suggestion about, you know, looking up to, to, people. And that's one thing I always say, you know, if someone says, Oh, my child's newly diagnosed. And -hmm. if they're old enough, I say, well, fine. What activity is it that they like to do and find a sports person that's doing whatever that sport is with type Mm -hmm. one, you'll more than likely find one, but you gave me a really good idea. I'm going to go maybe log into my son's account. And then I'm just going to let a bunch of sport videos play. And then that will tweak his algorithm so that it's not just gamers what if you click on the the app thinks you like that so it keeps yeah 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 so i'm gonna start 
watching <laughs> watching sport motivational things Sports and um and vegan food oh oh yeah vegan cooking shows <laughs> you can get that in his, in his mind as well <laughs> i love it oh okay and, I, and then if he's like mom what'd you do be like michael michael told me to do it <laughs> it's, it's <all> <laughs> it wasn't me it's all michael's it's fault <laughs> if it helps i'll take the, i'll take the blame Oh no, that's okay. That's awesome. Maybe you need to start your own YouTube channel for this. For maybe okay, maybe I should. That's an I, idea. I, I see a future, or a podcast mm-hmm. at least. But no, YouTube YouTube channels are are all the rage. I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time. Actually, I just never sort of got around to it. Ah, uh, you should. It's mm-hmm. it's. I love I love it, and it's really great. You can interview people or not, or just give tips or. I, I really love talk, doing I mean. the, yeah, yeah. And it's a great way to connect with people and people can listen. They don't necessarily have to stop and sit down and read something. I do love writing and I still do that a lot, but this is just a faster, more convenient way for people to hear your message or hear other people's messages. So I do highly recommend and the podcast. Just- touching on that briefly a little bit, I think it can also help someone's confidence so much. If you're someone that's shy and that's not very talkative and doesn't have a lot of confidence, doing shows where you're speaking to people, YouTube, podcasts, Instagram, whatever it is, it can really help someone's self-confidence. That's true. You got to step out of your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah. The audio is okay. For me, it was always the video. I was like, ah. Yeah, see, all is fine because there's no camera, there's no no one sees you, it's just your voice. Yeah, when you get into recording and making videos and everything, it's tough. We start judging ourselves, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Fun fact, or I don't know, video tip my dog gets a lot of engagement if I'm videoing myself and talking and walking the dog. I, I think he needs his own TikTok channel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, oh, people go crazy for pets. Oh, they do. They do. They're all the rage. And my cats as well. They get they get decent engagement. So they're all the yeah. they're all the rage. Yeah. So I think the the last question that I have, you know, and we're coming out of Ramadan and out of Easter and holidays, and we have the Eid holiday here next week, and summer's coming. So people are probably starting to think about their summer travel. And they, this is kind of the time after January where people are thinking about their health and starting something new. Some of them want to go to the gym, get healthier, lose weight, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. What do you suggest? How? to to start because usually we know what happens people have a goal they start they either don't have the right advice or like you said their expectation is is not realistic mm-hmm. for any kind of transformation because it does take time and it is hard work so what is your advice to people that are looking to start an exercise program for the first time first thing that i would say is a lot of people start too hard. And what I mean by that is a lot of people, they'll, they'll find some video, they'll find some workout of, of, you know, some really, really fit guy with a six pack. And he says, you know, do these exercises and you'll get a six pack in 30 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, yeah, I want that. I'm going to try that. 
and then they do it and they're like oh crap this is this is tough this is this is really really tough and then that kind of demotivates them and not only is it tough on them but then they feel more unfit and more you know let's say overweight and then they feel more embarrassed or more you know what if i become sort of thing and for me my tip would be start from the very beginning slowly just two to three exercises a few sets that's it even if it's maybe too quick and too easy that's fine you did that today then tomorrow instead of doing four sets do five sets instead of three exercises do four exercises and then just slowly build it up and you'll be able to see within a few weeks where you started and where you are now is huge that's another thing that people need to understand they need to praise themselves more a lot of people are too hard on themselves every every small victory is still a victory so even if it's like a small achievement it's still an achievement then you get a bigger one and bigger and bigger people forget about the small ones because they look at someone else doing 10 pull-ups and they can't even do one mm. and they're like oh and then again the whole thing starts that's why when you look at people on social media it's so easy to yes you want to be like that but it's so easy to be like i'll never be like that that's kind of a barrier that people have to kind of break free and just another thing just start that's what you have to do that's amazing advice i like that just start and even if like walk before you run right it, you keep postponing it then it's been a week then it's been two weeks then it's been a month then it's been three months and and people get so comfortable postponing it because they're just like oh okay tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm. tomorrow then tomorrow never comes and you know also i feel like especially with people coming to a gym for the first time another tip no one cares about what you're doing like no one cares every person in that gym the only thing that they care about is themselves that's why there's mirrors in gyms so they can look at themselves doing their own exercise no one's looking at you i had so many clients friends people who would say oh but i'm too embarrassed you know i'm not in i'm not in in the best shape i look like this i look like that what if people look at me and and laugh at me or point at me like no one will do that no one cuz like i said no one cares about you they care about yeah. themselves yeah and they're feeling just as self-conscious as you are in in most exactly. cases anyway exactly so and you don't have to have like a fancy workout outfit to go to the gym you don't need to spend a lot of money on the clothes exactly just show yeah. up i love That's, that advice i love that just show up just show up Yeah. Just show up and eat vegan burgers. <laughs> awesome. All right, Michael, I think we've come to the end of our time, but thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your story and your insight and I think there's a lot of really great sound advice and takeaways for people that are wanting to start an exercise program. We'll have Michael's contact in the show notes for those of you that are listening if you want if you're in Dubai and you want to reach out 
to a certified experienced trainer that has a lot of wisdom and knowledge from his own experience, as well as his certification, then we'll make sure that you're able to find Michael. Um, and please reach out to him or Diapoint, uh, info at Diapoint.me if you have any further questions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pam. Thank Thanks. you so much for having have me. A, have a great day. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I really want to thank Michael so much for his time and sharing his experience and wisdom with us. And I think you're going to see him back here again because we clearly have a lot to uncover um, childhood fitness starting out in the gym too soon for children is, is not a good idea. And we'll, we'll go into more about that in a future episode. Um, also, if you're starting an exercise program, the advice Michael gave is really great. Start slow. Even if it feels like it's too slow, we have to learn to walk before we can run always. And we'll leave Michael's contact information in the show notes. Please feel free to reach out to him. If you need any support in starting an exercise program, feel free to send us any questions that you might have at info at diapointme.com. And also a favor, if you like the show, if you enjoy it and you like what we're doing, please leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts about the show. If you don't like it, that's okay. There's so many other podcasts out there. But if you do like it and you'd like to see us continue doing this, it would really be helpful if you could take the time, if you don't mind, and leave us a comment, rate the podcast as well. That's always super helpful. It helps more people find us and allows us to continue to do what we love doing. Thank you so much. <laughs>